0: Okay, today's class is a phenomenal, phenomenal topic. It's, one, it's probably one of my best meditations that I do when life gets a little chaotic. Believe it or not, I don't think any of us have, have experienced 100% peace. We've all experienced tremendous chaos, especially this year, last year. It just seems to come with us chaos. And like I said before, we want to wish to be able that storms are going to pass. We can't control the storms but we can control our reaction to the storms. Tonight I'm going to give you a phenomenal meditation. Phenomenal meditation, it's rooted in Parsha's Bereshit on how to go from disorder to order. We're also going to talk about the causes of disorder. What causes disorder in my life? What causes chaos in my life? Why do I keep on getting the same lesson in my life? Very, very, very important concepts. God willing... uh, we're going to be in Mexico on God willing August 11th and then God willing a very big event in New York in Manhattan um, around October. Okay, so let's go. So if we already know, we've already spoken about whoever listens to the classes, we've already spoken about that joy, faith, trust and all of these all of these emotions, all these states get us out of the problem. So how come how come we're not always there? How come if we know already, listen, if you, get the, if you take the exit door, you're going to guarantee to get out of the door. So why don't we keep on, why don't we go there? Why is it so hard to go there? If, it's, if we know the answer, we already know the answer. People know the answer to a diet, and how come they can't lose weight? Right. People know the answer. It's not an inability of not knowing the answer. We know if you have a muna, you're going to be blessed. If you have bitahon you're going to have things attract to you. If you have joy, you're going to exit out of the problem. How come it, how come it's so hard to do that? It's because you get what you practice in life. You get what you practice. And what, right now we're practicing more worry than practicing more trust. We're practicing more um, procrastination than we're practicing. Bottom line is we get what we practice. You get what you practice. Mm-hmm. And who you, who, what you practice is who you become. And this is why it's so difficult for change to happen. It doesn't normally feel so good because it feels like a change. Feels like something new, but that's okay. Nobody says a moon is going to be easy. Nobody says bitachon is going to be no, no. Nobody said these things are going to be easy. But remember, you get what you practice, and that's where you have to be really, really mindful and recognize that uh, you know it's not that I can't attract those things. Is I have a negative force pulling me this way. I want to go this way. Of course, I want to go this way. But I'm always getting a negative force pulling me the other way. So remember that concept. It's not like life is hopeless. It's not that. It's just you're going to get what you practice. We ultimately have to go. I'm going to teach you how to go from a humble warrior, instead of a chronic warrior, a humble warrior. Okay. That's where we really want to go. We don't want to be chronic warriors. We want to be. Okay, great. We don't want to be chronic warriors. We want to be humble warriors. That is ultimately the shift in consciousness that we want to get to tonight. This is what the meditation is all about how to get the steady growth in our lives, how to get up quickly, what meditations to do to get to disorder, and what I practically do. Again, what do I practically do when things are in disorder? Where do I go to? You know, you can go to a state in life. It just doesn't mean life gives you something. You can go. We have ability to escape. We, Hashem has different names where we can connect to in different times. And we're able to do that. And I'm going to introduce to you one of Hashem's names, the name of Ma, which is the name of deliverance. It's the name of humility. It's the name that Moshe Rabbeinu used. It's the name to ultimately go from chaos to order. That's exactly what Rebbe talks about. So again, a lot of reasons. The, one of the biggest issues in Parsha's Bereshit with Chava, which is the ego, is the, the, the seek to control. Always controlling everything. Remember, the more fear we have, the more we seek to control. So we recognize, you, if, you, if you just recognize people, people that are perfectionists, they want to control everything, people that are chronic warriors, you could see the end tunnel, the end, the end of this experience is, is exhaustion. There's there are no happier, there's no, there's not a happy perfectionist out, out there. There's no happy warrior, chronic warriors. There's no, because at the end of the day, what do you get? You get unfilled expectations. They're not walking around with Lucky Charms cereal. What are they walking around with? A lot of emotional weight. So you know it doesn't work. And the more we try to control life, the more we obsess with the outcome, the more we try to control people. We're going to talk about it individually. The more we try to control situations, the more, the more exhausted we become, the more worried we become, because we lose control. This is one of the roots of anger. One of the roots of anger is losing control. Whenever I lose control, I get angry. My kid doesn't listen to me. You snap at the kid. You, you hit a parked car. You're yelling at the car. Somebody says something to you you didn't expect. Angry. You see the anger. So we ultimately fear, control, anger. That's the vicious cycle in life. Fear, control, anger versus trust, choice, gratitude. See, there's such a different shift of life you can have. But the root is, the more we control, the more we get disappointed. And the more we we become disappointed, the angrier we become. The angrier we become, the more miserable we become, the more depressed we become, the more completely checked out we become. That's the formula. So You have to understand the formula so you understand what not to do and what to do. And and today, never than before, it's nothing more but control, control, control. It's not like today people are even controlling their own lanes. They want to control the people, you know? If I want to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. But what does it have to do with you? Let me wear a mask. If I want to lose weight, let me lose weight. What does it have to do with you? So now, not only do we not, when we lose control of ourselves, we want to push on other people. And we want to tell other people what to do. You know, and the more people can't control themselves, the more they want to control others because they need a sense of control. So you can see there's, a, there's an, a crazy amount of control going on and that's why there's so much chaos in the world. This is what Chava brought to the table. I'm going to explain to you how she brought it to the table and where the root cause of everything, and how to go back to sanity. How do you go back to sanity? That's ultimately what we want. Even prayer. How many times have people started uh, spiritual tasks, such a 40-day challenge, such as a prayer, such as a meditation, such as a gratitude journal, and then things didn't go their way right away? They checked out. Again, controlling the outcome. Why are you controlling prayer? It's not your job to control prayer. You have to pray and get out of the way. Again, controlling prayer. That's also, it's prayer with expectation. Not only does it not get you what you want, it goes against you. How, how exhausted do we become? when well, we control other people. We try to control other people. They don't, the more we control them, the more they don't want anything to do with us. The more they want to be away from us. Same thing. So once you start recognizing the control is, is rooted in the ego, which is rooted in fear, then you start recognizing you can't, if you're going to have fear, you're going to make mistakes. Rab Nachman says this black and white in a lot in in his, in in, 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 uh, in the book Wisdom. Fear leads to mistake. If I can give you a guaranteed mistake that you're gonna make, it's just have fear. Guaranteed you're gonna have to make a mistake. Where trust, not only do you not make a mistake, but you end up getting blessed, because the person who trusts has blessings. But again. You get what you practice. You get what you practice. It's not like we already know what to do. It's not a question about what to do. It's the repetition, the constant repetition to pull yourself this way instead of being pulled that way. Where a person normally gets an email, gets bad news, right away he goes into worry. You have to snap your way out of that, st- that state and go straight into trust. And the more you do that, the more you start looking at and say, I can, cha- I can handle these challenges. I can handle things in life. Versus I'm threatened. I'm constantly getting threatened by life. Run to a therapist. Run to here. But usually anxiety is rooted in where person, the challenge is way too, too much, big, much bigger than the person can handle. So instead of turning that, being excited over a challenge, he becomes threatened over a challenge. So we, again, we're trying, to put, we're trying to get to the to the big picture here, instead of just deal with symptoms of, of, of lack of trust, etc., okay? From Nachman says, in lesson 82, and this is one of my, again, I, I, I go to this lesson all the time, I speak about it all the time, because ultimately it's the source of the ego. I'm going to give you a simple mathematic equation so you understand the name Adam represents the numerical value of 45. Okay, 45 represents Adam. If you look at the, the just Aleph, Dalet Mem, 45. Okay, Chava, she represents this order. Adam's letters are in order. Chava's letters are in disorder. They're not in order. She's the numerical value of 19. Rav telling us we are either in two states. We are in order, which is Adam, or we're in disorder, which is Chava. So if you take a look at the name 45, and you minus it by 19, you get the name of 26. That's the magic name of Bavke, That's the magic name of Chesed. That's the magic name that we want in our lives, not out of our lives. When you have 26, when you have God in your life, everything is bows, goes back to order. That's called humility. When we have arrogance, the ego takes over. We become more and more aggressive more controlling, and more lost. That is Chava. That is disorder. So really when we say in recovery rooms ego is taking edging God out. Edging God out, technically it really is. It's taking the 26 out of the name. So it tells us very simple. And it's not, again, you shouldn't beat yourself up. You can recognize, okay, I see this is my EA Tzahara, this is my ego. By the way, when we, when we say the word Yeh we're referring to the ego. Same thing. The yetsahara is the ego. That's what you. What you feel, the yetsahara wants. The Yitzhara. That's my ego. Mm-hmm. That's the ego. The, and we have. We have. We all have an ego. We all have the yetsahara, and the Yetzahara seeks nothing more but the opposite of the soul of the higher self. So recognize that. So anytime you're looking at a situation, things are going south in that situation, and we don't surrender to it. We don't accept it. We don't. Uh, we don't get the big picture. Or or the opposite is, is chava. You're in a state of chava, which is ani yimloch. I will rule. I want to control. That is the root, the root of everything. Just want to give you a big picture of when we're saying the word ma. Return to ma. Return to 45. Ma is the same numerical value as 45. Return to humility. Return to order. Look where you took the ego. Where where did you take God out of the equation? Let's say I start praying. And I start becoming frustrated and I'm not getting answered right away. That's the ego. Because the ego is expectations. What am I getting out of it? Where the soul is just connecting. The soul is just interested in the connection in prayer. The soul is not interested in the, in the expectation. The expectations, all of our expectations, are rooted in ego. I don't have to be a genius to tell you that expectations turn south, become resentment. don't have to tell you that. How many times we walk around with these expectations, we don't, they don't get hit that day, and what happens? It turns into sadness. It turns into sadness. How do you flip that? How do you change that meditation? Turn the expectation into appreciation. So that's a simple meditation. If when I turn expectation into, into appreciation, right away I'm shifting back from the ego to the soul, everything goes back in order. Let's say I walk around upset, I didn't expect this to happen, I didn't expect this to happen. Walk around with this heaviness, which is usually what expectations do. They give you emotional heaviness and, and they just make you walk around with like, I'm not getting a good deal today. But let's say all of a sudden one o'clock comes in, you know what, I'm not going to walk around like this. I'm going to walk around, why do I feel this way, I'm going to question why I feel this way and I'm going to recognize, okay, I, I feel sad because I had an expectation. So what do I do? I turn the, let go of the expectation and be, go into appreciation. It's a very famous Tony Robbins line. Turn expectations into appreciation. But what he's really saying is go into koachma. Go into koachma. Go into order. Because when I turn an expectation into an appreciation, I automatically go into gratitude, joy, etc. I no longer have that feeling because I change the meaning. Then the feeling change. Then joy can start, all of a sudden I can go into this meditation at 1 o'clock, I could have the the rest of my day. It could be with gratitude. You know what? This didn't work out, but thank God everything else is good for us. And remember, we have to be careful because whatever you practice is what you get. So if you walk around every day with expectations, you're going to not be happy at the end of the day. So you have to start letting go of all of these things that you think you need and the things that you need need to have and etc. We always said this many times. We want to... We want to use power with gratitude versus force with thinking of what we need. The ego always feels a lack; the soul always feels abundant. The ego always feels a lack; the soul feels abundant. You know, there's such a blessing that you know when we eat bread to be satisfied and to bless your Creator. There's no greater blessing than say, "I'm satisfied and I'm blessing you." When you're your creator, you're satisfied and you're blessing, not only do you get what you get, but you get much more. But the opposite, the opposite, the Gemara, we spoke about a Gemara the other day, that one who sets on what is not his, right? Does not, not only does he not attract what he wants, but he loses what he has. So you could see when we walk around, when we're not happy, or you're not happy with what you want, let me show you something not to be happy about. So it teaches you, you have to, any kind of emotion... Is a signal. An emotion is a signal to tell you to change a specific state. That's only the purpose of emotions. The worst thing we could do in life is numb the emotions, not pay attention to the emotions. The worst thing we could do is get rid of the, is not listen to these emotions. Shmuel, you want to make it cooler in here? It's very hot. Very hot. The, uh, control. Uh, I think she's out. Uh, probably she's outside. Thank you, Hashem, for the Noya condition. Okay. See, we expected air conditioning, we got no air conditioning. So we said, we thank Hashem for no air conditioning also. So here he goes and he begins this process of 40, lesson 82, in the second half, which when I read this Torah, I, I had goosebumps. Because I said, this is it, this is all I have to do. I could just go into a meditation and I can change my consciousness." I'm very interested in tools. Very important to have Torah, but to have practicality afterwards. You know, the worst thing is to learn Torah and not, not get something out of it. That means it's telling me Torah's up here, what, I can't, I need, a, I need a secular book to be able to use, to, I can't, it's not enough to be able to, why can't I have it both? So I've always, I've always very been interested in taking the practicality, and this is exactly what Abnachman says, I want you more important to learn my teachings but to take the practical advice. This is not something you put on a bookshelf and say, this is not, no, no, no. He wants you to take the advice and use it. Very important. Torah is not just meant to be, to, to be put in a shelf. It's meant to be used. That means use it. And this is why our sages say, Study is not the main thing. Action is. And when when your action outdoes your wisdom, you're going to get more wisdom. But when your wisdom outdoes your action, you will lose your wisdom. And you will lose your actions. So it's very important to take these teachings and apply it. Go down to it. So here he begins. He says, when you go out to war, we know that the name Adam and Chava represent order and disorder, forty-five and nineteen. And we know that the concept of Chava represents the concept of nineteen, which represents she came into the world and she said one thing. She said, "I animloch, I will rule." Rav Nathan says the serpent caused Eve by placing disorder. The evil inclination attacks the person when he's confused. When Adam and Eve joined this holy union, they would have been created from a disorderly situation. But what happened was, when the serpent convinced Eve that God was withholding greatness from man, for he ate from this tree created, you too could be like God. So you know what Eve says? I want to be just like God. Why do I have to be under God? I want to be just like God. I don't want to be under man. I I want to be independent. I want to be just like God. I want to be independent. I want to be. I don't want to rely on God. You know how many people today? You know what? Moses is Moses. And business is business. Mm-hmm. Moses is Moses. In Shul, I deal with Moses. Talk about Moshe and the, and the tablet. But business, I don't want to have anything to do with God. I don't want to do with charity and, and this. What is business? It has nothing to do with this. Many people. They business, different people. In Shul, Moses is Moses, business is business. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Everything is one. Just because you go to show and you say, Moses is Moses, no, no, no. It's all one. It's a state. It's a, it's a state. It's not, a, I can ch- change one place to the other. So when I am using my ego, my ego is running my life, but I go to show in the morning, and I say, oh, I'm religious. But you, you, when you come home, when you go to work, you're an angry animal, and you're yelling at everybody. What are you talking about? It's com- you're completely separated. The, the, the information is not going in. That means the Torah is supposed to refract, re- change your character. You know, the Torah is like a pig with a golden nose this is not, with a golden ring. It doesn't do much. So the whole point is, it's very important that these teachings have to be 24 hours as much as we can. It's not just to be in shul or somewhere else. Very, very important. So this is where Eve felt. She too couldn't rectify the problem without turning to God. This hardiness is exactly what created order and disorder in the first place. So the curse was, because that they, 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 curse came, Adam and Eve was cursed that they had to deal with the field that had thorns. Man was going to be rectified by having to labor for his food. You wanted to disconnect from, from my, your creator? Then I'm going to disconnect from you. Now you're going to have to make your parnasal with bread and You're going to have to sorrow it. You're going to have livelihood and you're going to have all kinds of issues that we have in money. That was the original curse. We wanted to disconnect. That's what happened. Measure for measure. So just understanding the concept. So Adam and Eve are not just two people. There are two states of being, Reb Nachman says. Adam represents the soul. Chava represents the ego in this sense of what we're talking about. You're either in your soul state and you're in your ego state. So very simple. When we tell a guy, Listen, you're going out, and you're only going out for lust. I want, to, I want my soulmate, but every time I meet a girl, I want to hook up with her. You're, you're not in your soul state. You're in your lust state. Lust is ego. Love is soul. You understand? This represents all kinds of things. You can't tell me you're in your soulmate. You, you want a roommate, maybe. That's not a soulmate. Soulmate, you have to get to know the person, connect to the person. It's a whole different ballgame. We, we see these cute pictures, soulmate, soulmate. It's, no, no, no. That means starve your distractions, feed your soul. That's what it means to be in a soul state. To overcome your, your Yetzirah. That it constantly wants exterior versus working on interior. Believe it or not, we're getting into Elul soon. Getting into Elul. And what do you think Rosh Hashanah is all about? Man and woman. Man and Chava, Adam and where they were born in Tishrei. So what are we supposed to do in Rosh Hashanah? Ultimately in Rosh Hashanah, what do we do? We crown the king. Because what happens is when we crown the king and we become humble, we're ultimately fixing the problem that that occurred with Adam and and Chava. The disorder. So on Rosh Hashanah, if you recognize the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, we are not even asking for repentance. All we're doing is coronating the king. You're crowning the king. I'm walking around with 100% approval. God is great. Everything is great. That's really what Rosh Hashanah is about, crowning the king. Because if you don't approve him, how could you connect to him? You understand why the concept of approval is so important? Your creator created you so you, he could see your, his kindness. But what happens if I don't see my kindness? How can I approve him? And This is where the root of the issue is. This is where Rosh Hashanah is all about, crowning. Because I don't, if I don't love him, why would I connect to him? So unfortunately, a lot of times while well, we're distanced from our creator, it's because we stop, we, we, we don't know him. And if we don't know him, we think he's out to get us, we think he's out to punish us, and we, st- we run away. Exactly what Adam did. What did Adam do? He hid. See, Moshiach is coming, Baruch Hashem. Okay. So just to, just... Okay. Moshiach is coming, by the way. If you didn't hear it live. Okay. Yeah, let's just use, use it. We don't mind the vibrator if you don't mind. Thank we you. Thank you. But it was the right song. It could have been worse. You know, I've heard other songs. If there was any song that could have happened, Mashiach's song, thank God you put that one. The timing is good. The timing was good. So the bottom, the bottom line is wherever we got to Mashiach, okay. Let me see let me Get my focus again. Okay. So Adam and Chava represent this state of order that we're all in. So I'm going to teach you guys a medication. This is, I'm sorry, a meditation. And I'm going, somebody needs medication by the way. But we're going to, I'm going to teach you exactly what in Rosh Hashanah, what we're doing is we're really crowning the king. We're coronating the king, we build a shofar, we're getting to the point where first everything is one. Remember, I can only pray when everything is one. When I have and I say everything is one, then I could sit there and pray to my Creator. But if I'm looking at my Creator, and I have a 50% approval for Him, and I'm saying, God, You're great, I might be saying it, but I'm not believing it. And this is where the disconnect of the ultimate curses in life is to be able to, when somebody says, I'm sorry to you, and they don't really mean it, is to really say, God, You're great, but inside, I don't really believe it. In my mind, because everybody else is saying, You're great, But in my heart, I only have a 50% approval ratio for you. Mm -hmm. And that's where the disconnect is today. And the reason why we have that disconnection is because we don't know him. Our perspective is off. Our Yetzihar is running our life. But that is exactly the tikkun. The tikkun for for Rosh Hashanah is coronating him. And that is accomplished by being in your soul state, by saying, Hashem, I feel abundant. I feel abundant. I might be lacking spiritually, but I have to correlate to him by showing abundance, not lack. And this is exactly what we're trying to do. The more, this is, look what Rav says here. Rav says that the more a person recognizes his creator, and the more he's bound to God, and the more he attributes everything to his creator, the more things go right for him. You understand? The more I recognize my creator, the more I recognize him, the more I prove him. The more I prove him, the less, the less what? The less resistance. The more I accept, the more I accept, the more growth I have. Pretty much. That's the cycle. Which is the opposite. The less I am bound to him, the more I want things to go my way. The more I want things to go my way, the angrier I get. The more angrier I get, the more I remove myself from my creator. So it can go one way or it can go the other way. But the first thing is, this is what the whole point is, connecting everything bounding to God. When we recognize, and it's okay to say, you know what, I had a really rough day. Why did I have a rough day? Okay, very simple. I had a rough day because I took the 26 out of the picture. I took the 26. My ego got the best of me that day. Just say, you had a rough day. Go back to your meditation. Put Hashem back in the picture. We're going to give you examples of that. Like trying to control somebody. How many times do we get frustrated phone calls? I'm trying, my husband's not listening to me. My child's not listening to me. This one's that way. Controlling, trying to control somebody is literally doing pretty much the same thing. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now what you could do is you could change the way you look at them and when you change the way you look at them then they'll have a different meaning to you. doesn't mean you're going to be happier but you'll be able to deal with it instead of walking around with this resentment all my life. Do you understand? And many times, unfortunately, two people get together and and, and the more that people want the other person to change, the frustrated and angrier they get. And what do you think happens? They're gonna come home, oh, my loving husband, all you're doing is, why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? Because you're holding so much resentment. You think that's gonna change a person? Criticism doesn't change a person. Kindness and loving changes a person. Not easy to do. Not easy to do. But recognizing I will accept him just the way he is. And once you start accepting somebody, then little by little you'll see them changing. Or, you'll be content with what you have. But the more you try to change somebody, the more you want to control somebody, this is exactly the problem of the ego. I want to change him without me changing. This is exactly what you're trying to do. Please, creator of the world, change him, but I'm good. I am good, (laughs) my husband needs Prozac, my child needs ADD, Ritalin, this one, and me, I'm okay. Imagine going to the doctor, telling him that it's not going to work. So this is exactly—it's—it's it's a form. It's an ego. The ego says exterior has to change without interior. So those prayers usually go nowhere because those prayers—they lack truth. Because if you recognize the reason why God put difficult people in your life, He did it on purpose. He's laughing at you whenever you want to. He's putting in those people on you for a reason, because when you deal with difficult people in your life you become more compassionate and merciful. Mm-hmm. I hate to believe me. Harder it is. And the harder they are, the more mercy you get. The more resistance, the more blessing. Exactly the way it works. So if something really, really bothers you about somebody, somebody really, really, they can't, you can't, it's usually you're holding exactly what they have. So the Baal Shanto says you have to look three fingers this way, one finger that way. Because they, what, if somebody bothers you, the Baal Shem Tov is telling us that they're holding exactly what you don't like. If they don't bother you, it's okay. But if somebody's bothering you, it's because really they have something that you, that you have, but they're just showing it to you. And this is exactly the way God shows it to you. He has to show it to you through people. Because this, how else can he, can he reward you? He can only reward you by your interaction with people down below. How else is the God? This is why Yom Kippur. It says, I will not forgive you until you first ask forgiveness from people. The whole point is not to get forgiven upstairs without dealing with the forgiveness in the people. You understand? The whole point is the difficult people down low so he can forgive you. And this is where the ego and the soul takes place. Because you could say, listen, a God I love, but people, this guy can't stand. <laughs> that guy can't stand. It doesn't work like that. It has to be all one. It has to be all one. This is when you live in a... I've seen clients that have gone from resenting their, their parents to all of a sudden giving them mercy. Because when they changed, they said, you know what, I never saw it that way. I didn't recognize my parent was, wasn't able to give me mercy. They weren't there for me. They couldn't be there for me. They, they never saw that angle. Before, they were saying, I'm not getting the respect I'm getting. I, my brothers are getting treated better. But once they get into treatment, they start growing. They recognize, you know what, the parent could have get, only gave you what they, could, what they had. And then they're able to give them mercy in that situation. So you could see how many relationships can be completely repaired. Because you all of a sudden change yourself instead of changing the other person. And this is what Rab Nachman is telling us. Whoever splits off the concept of Chava, Malchut, which she represents the Malchut, by saying, I will rule, he separates himself from the Holy One, and then that person becomes incomplete. And what happens is, when they become incomplete, that is the root of all, 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 arrogance in the world. I know everything. I know what I'm doing. And you could see the beginning of growth for somebody is clearly his perspective. The more humble we are, the bigger our perspectives. The more we're willing to change. Many times, a couple will get, will meet each other, and they'll say, "It's his fault. It's her fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. His fault." That meaning lasts for three minutes. Okay, what do you want? How can we help you? But the one says, "I'll do anything to repair this marriage," I will do anything. Just tell me what to do. they go in there, they're open-minded. what do you think they're going to get? Result. They're going to get results because humility results in an open perspective, etc. and as you have an open perspective, everything else change because you'll recognize it's not it's not the true soul the, it's not Hashem wants you to have peace, but we have a Yetzirah, and the Yetzirah is the one causing the the, the the peace, the, the unfortunately the fighting. So Rabbi Nachman says here. That when a person, he takes the same word as Yud. If you take the word Yud, which represents the first name of God's name, Chochmah, which is, we're going to get to this, Chochmah is wisdom. Koachma is the power of wisdom, the power of humility. Real wisdom is to know that all the wisdom you have is from your Creator. That's real wisdom. Wisdom without connecting it to your Creator It's like putting a zero, 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 one. (laughs) But when you have your creator, you put the one on top. I can be smart as possible as long as I recognize it's my creator giving me the wisdom. But when I take the wisdom from myself, I separate myself from my creator. This is why our sages say, when you learn Torah without the right intention, it's better if you weren't born. Which is what? What are you talking That the Torah could actually do an opposite for you. It doesn't mean just because you learn Torah, it's good for you. If you don't use it the right way, if you're using Torah to be arrogant, it has a very bad effect, etc. Many people can learn Torah. Chinese people learn Torah. People are Korean. There's got to be a, a, a Nissan edition of the Gemara. It's got to be some... They're learning Gemara also. It doesn't mean you're learning, because if the learning is not becoming internalized, and make, making you better, then the learning is really, it's not, it's not, it's not worth it. So knowing that the chokma, Yud, if the Yud is in order, we have Chochmah. That's called wisdom. But if the Yud is backwards, the same Yud, if you spell it out, it becomes the word Davoy, which means sick. So it's either Yud, order, or Davoy, sick. Sick could be heartache, emotional distress, Etc. We have to think about ecologically what's causing us emotional distress. And I know very simple it's me, I, it's expectations, trying to change other people, lack of patience, not enjoying the process. I know already what it is. And these are all ego based, these are not soul based. I know I am the happiest person in the world when I am in the moment. But when I'm not in the moment, I'm either anxious or I'm upset. It's very, it's, the formula is simple. <laughs> It's a simple formula, but when do you go back on track? Do you go back on track two hours, or do you go back on track on two decades? That's the question. You're going to get thrown off on track in life. But the question is, when do you come back on track? When are you aware of the state you're in? This is the difference between people. There's no question you're going to have days that you're brokenhearted. There's no question you're going to have off days. But how quickly do you recover? How quickly do you recover from those days? That's the thing. So this is what Rabnachman says, when things don't go as planned, he should know that that person has become arrogant. And the solution for him, now, tell somebody when things don't go as planned for them, by the way, you're arrogant. Obviously, that's the last thing they want to hear. <laughs> they already know. They're already in chaos. You can't tell them you're ar- arrogant. So, just, so this is where you have to be very delicate and explain to them, okay, Let's explain why you're upset. And then you'll usually get down to an expectation or you'll get down to a, uh, you know, a control issue or, you know, or, or a lack of, or, or disconnecting from God completely. Or a perfectionist issue. These are all forms of the ego. These are not, this is not, because you can't be upset and you're in soul state. It's not possible. Because when you're in your soul state, What happens? You have the flow of energy inside of you. That's the difference. Energy. You're filled with energy. When I'm in my soul state, I'm filled with energy. I feel good. When I'm not in my soul state is when I feel emptiness. I feel the lack. Our sages use the word cholay, which means sick. What does halal mean? Missing light. You're missing light in that area of your life. The headaches. We're missing God's light. We're taking trying to be too stressed out, too anger, too much fear, stressed out, headache comes. So you can see our body parts is very, very connected to our well-being. And what we want to really do is go back into our soul state and bring the energy back. And how do you know if you're in your soul? Very simple. After an experience, you'll recognize how you feel. And after the experience, you'll recognize I'm in my soul state or I'm in my other states. It's not magic. It's a feeling that you feel like something's there and off the other way also. So when we don't feel good, we we have these emotions. These emotions are not there to punish us or to be numb. These emotions are there to tell us, okay, go back to order. Fix it. Our sages say, stop worrying about the problem. Focus on the solution. You made a mess? Okay, depart from evil and do good. We don't want to sit there and have guilt and shame over what we do. Just return to mom, return to that state. So that, I say this meditation every single day. And the meditation is basically doing this. is basically recognizing, first I notice the emotion. Okay, what, why, what am I feeling? Okay, I'm feeling a little anxious, okay? Or I'm feeling fear, or I'm feeling anxiety. And then I'll say, okay, why am I feeling anxiety? Okay, maybe because I had some fear. A misplaced fear. Maybe I feared, you know, a competitor of mine. Maybe I feared... You know, my Moroccan mother-in-law, which is very, just kidding. some kind of fear that I had that I didn't expect. So what happened? That fear, because when we we have fear, we seek to control things, right? So how do you change that? You go from fear to trust, you go from fear to trust, and then you surrender into trust. You're basically recognizing the problem, which was control fear, you're going back into trust, and you're going back into order. Let's say the simple. You walk around sad. Why am I walking around sad? Okay, very simple. I was supposed to close the deal at two o'clock. It didn't happen. It got delayed. So what? I'm gonna ruin the rest of my day waiting on the closing to happen? Or you're gonna say, you know what? Thank God I'm living in Florida, turn the explication into appreciation. Walk around with a different state. Return to order, return to gratitude, return to your soul states. Okay? Being angry over something, walk around with anger, what is the sign of you lost control somewhere? You lost control, something bothered you, you lost control, right? You lost control. Your competitor outbid you, something happened, you lost control, you became angry. You you, you hit a parked car, you can get angry at a parked car, when you lose control, you, you'll see people yelling at a car. Or a stupid phone, like this is what the phone do to you, you know? How many people get a phone call, they throw the phone out the window? What'd the phone do to you? The guy on the phone that caused the problem. Not the phone, but they'll take the phone and throw it out the window. Right? Same thing. When we lose control, we get angry. So what should you do? Dwell on the misery or say, I lost control. That's why I got angry. But who says I'm supposed to be in control in the first place? Who says that's not me? I want to go back to Ma. I want to go back to Ma. Ma is I want to put the twenty-six. Back in the picture. That's where the word makshava, the word makshava in Hebrew, means a thought. And Rabbi Nachman's telling us a beautiful lesson. He's saying, Chashuv ma. Meditate on ma. Things are going out of order, meditate on humility, meditating on giving up control, meditating on being in the moment, meditate on having peace versus stress. That is how you meditate on mind. You go back to order. I do this meditation for five minutes, ten minutes, and it grounds you back to order because you recognize that the cause of the problem was the ego. The ego. And this is what Reb Nachman says. The day you humble yourself is a day that strength and might will be added to you. Remember, humility comes when you let your Creator in. That's when humility, that's when strength comes to you people. People walking around with no energy, you know why? There's no opening. Where's the opening? Where's the opening? There's no opening for your Creator. There's no opening for energy. There's no opening for healing. That's the problem. We have to create an opening. This is why the importance of completely, completely surrender, when you surrender, when you accept things, when you say thank you for your issues in life, what are you doing? You're, comp- you're really doing it a form of acceptance. And that acceptance brings you the energy. Because you're no longer resisting anything. The ego's job is to resist. The soul's job is to accept. It sees a much bigger picture that you can't see. That's another thing about these exercises. When you get into a very spiritual state... You're going to be able to be, go into a much, much deeper state. You're going to be able to see more into the future. That's what Rabbi Nachman says. Trust gives you vision. It lets you know, okay, I don't see it right now, but I know it's going to work out. You get a consolation. Versus no trust, panic, control, etc. Chaos chaos. So it's, it, the, the issue is, is how quickly are you going to go back in this? And we want to take another gematria, another gematria is, is the name Yurke Vavke. Yurke Vavke is the numerical value of 26. If you take the first Yur-He, remember, the first Yur represents Chochmah, which represents thought. The next He in God's name represents Bina, which is intuition, which is understanding. The next Vav represents your emotions. That is emotions. The Vav is the emotions, which is referred to as Kabbalah Zer Ampin. And the last He is faith. Machut, the vessel. This is God's name complete. We try to make God's name complete. Machut is, is faith. Speech, faith. emuna, faith. That's, all the, that's the vessel. And each one is rooted in earth, fire, water, and air. But the first hey you have no control over. That means the first hey vav it's up to God gives you those. You have to complete through your emotions and your faith the hey, God's name. I'm responsible for the vav hey. I'm not responsible for the yud, the yud hey. If you take the name yud hey, is the numerical value of the name of fifteen. Fifteen in Hebrew is the numerical value of Gava. arrogant. So when you try to take the yod hay for yourself, you try to control, that is when chaos begins. You're basically edging God out, you want to control. And this can also, this is why we don't want to judge people, this is why we don't want to put people down, because you know why? That's, you're in the wrong business. God's job is to, is, to, is to seek revenge on people, not you. But when you go in there and say, this guy should be punished, that guy should lose his money. This guy should do this. What happens? You're taking... You're in the wrong business. How could you succeed if you're in the wrong business? How could you succeed in your own business? When we get into God's business is when we want to judge the world or tell the God what to do with his job, with his his world. You have to... You have your own business which is focusing on how you can connect to him. But when you start telling him what to do, what do you think happens? Chaos. Chaos, disorder aggravation, energy drained. So what happens? you have no energy? because we're giving away energy away. How much time do we spend trying to change people? I remember doing that. It was exhausting. Nothing changed but me I got instead I got instead of a headache, I got a migraine headache. That's the only difference I got. But just think about it. that's not there's a reason why your Creator puts difficult people in your life. There's a reason why he gives you difficult spouses. This is why, the the dating world is so difficult because we're expecting, you know, we're watching a lot of movies and we're expecting everything to be beautiful. And then reality comes. And we don't get the Cinderella. We get the beauty and the beast. Now you want to tell me to find the beauty and the beast? I didn't expect for this. But it seems to be, that seems to be the life. Finding the good points in people. There's no Cinderella's... uh, uh, (laughs) <laughs> There's no, no missing Louboutin at the end of the day that everybody's looking for. It seems to be that people are said, you know what? And I, when I see people get married, you know what? He doesn't have this, but he's a great guy. Or he does this. They're able to point out and extract good things about their spouse. They know it's not perfect, but they were able to extract the good. And this is exactly what we need to do when we're dating or with people. We have to be in the extractor. You need to be able to extract the good points. Because that's what a person in a soul state does. He looks for the good in others versus the ego sees only the lack. And it's funny in life, when you're lacking everything, all you see is lack in people. (laughs) Of course, of course. But when you feel abundant, you'll see abundance in people. You'll see the good points in people. This is why Rabbi Nachman says, Azamra, feel good about yourself first. When you feel good about yourself, you treat people completely different. But when we don't feel good about ourselves, what do we do? We treat people terrible based on how we feel about ourselves. You understand it's, it's such a when you understand the whole picture you don't have a bad year you don't have a bad week you have a bad couple of hours you're back on You're back you know where to go you know where to humble yourself you know what went wrong you go back to focus and then you those days become restarted and this is exactly how you build vessels because if your creator shows wow this guy can get up from a rough day the, yes this couple has an argument, but they're able to, to, in two days, in two hours, they're able to make peace. Now you're building a vessel. Now you have a vessel for, for Shafa. Now you have a good mindset. Where, where, where another person, you know, a guy, Hashem sends that person a challenge, the guy gets lost for a week. Where, where are you? Where are you? We can't get lost in life. We have to find out what happened. What happened? What went wrong? And then go back to order. You go back to order. Vernalan says, "You go back to Hashuv Ma." You go back to ma, you go back to humility. When you go back to humility, then the disorder becomes back to order. And primary examples of that, instead of controlling the people, find the good points in people. Instead of walking around with all this expectations, start looking for appreciation in the day. Instead of walking around judging people, let God judge and you sit in your, stay in your lane. These are primary examples of how, when you when we're when we're not, when we're judging other people, what are we doing? We're in somebody else's lane. So automatically, it's an ego state. It's all. The, the key here is to recognize that when I have no energy, there's a reason why I have no energy. My creator's showing me what's happening. And sometimes, when a person works hard and he wor- sometimes you have to go to sleep. And when you go to sleep, you come out of there with energy. Because sleep also, Rav says, is a MUNA. You have to sometimes surrender to sleep. That's also, when you have a person has a, has a day, he, he, it's too much for him, go to sleep. Let go of control, go take a nap. Let, it, let, let go, let go. Instead of catching a falling knife. This is the, the reason. So you don't attack a bad day. You know, this day, it's too much for me. I'm going to go to sleep. Want to go to surrender. And that's a healthy nap. That's a healthy way to get your, your energy back. And this is what Rav says here when he says in the great book by Rav Schechter and he says and he says deliverance is always there. Deliverance is always in the hand of God. It is only concealed. Remember that. It's not that God does not have an answer for you. But right now, you're not in a state to receive it. Because he wants you to be in a state to receive it by humbling yourself. The best way to receive things is by saying, you have a rough day, you don't understand. Very simple, you could say, I don't know anything. Is this good? I don't know. Is it bad? I don't know either. Because what happens is, is the following. And I've seen this pattern across the board. When you walk around with a bad state, you start giving things the wrong meaning. Okay? When you start giving things the wrong meaning, based on the state you're in, what do you think is going to happen? You have to recognize, when you're in a bad state, you give things the worst meaning. But when you're in a state of surrender, in a state of ma, and you can't understand anything, it's very simple to say, I don't understand. I'm going to surrender, I'm going to to vittal, I'm going to close my eyes to a bigger picture. Right now, I'm afraid that because I'm in a very vulnerable state, I'm going to give the wrong meaning. So those are the days you don't even want to (laughs) vote. Right now, I don't know anything. And many times I say, I don't know anything. Because there's a time to be dumb. When Aaron's sons died, in the first day of the Beit HaMikdash, you know what he said? (laughs) Vayidom Aharon. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to ask Hashem, why do the evil get punished, etc., or the, evil, the, the righteous people suffer? Shh! Quiet. There's a time to be also in quiet, and you don't need answers. That is also humility. Humility is also to recognize, I don't need an answer all the time. I don't need an answer all the time. How many people, how many times we have these tragedies, we need answers. Who says you need an answer all the time? Obviously the answer comes afterwards. But humility is to recognize I don't need an answer all the time. Why did this relationship break up? God has to save your heart, break your heart to save your soul. You'll recognize that you'll see it in a year and a half when you meet your new person. But right now, don't, 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 don't. The worst thing we could do is create a false meaning and leave a bad meaning on the door and all of a sudden attract problems for no reason. It's better to say I don't know. I don't know. And this is, it's a safe way. Because you know what ma means in Hebrew? What? What do I know? Ma. The word ma means what do I know? It's a name where you can't, you can't lose. It's a name of surrender. It's a name of nothing. And he says many times we've in, in life we find that the answer to the greatest difficulties, whether physical or spiritual, was right under our noses and we didn't see it. The Mizrash says, Everybody's presumed to be blind until God opens up your eyes. Remember that. Everybody's blind until God opens up your eyes. (coughs) So what happens? What happens? Sometimes you have to recognize God's the one opening up your eyes. You have to pray for wisdom. And you know what he says here? According to Kabbalah, the holy name that God uses to bring a rectification to save a person is the name of Ma, the same name we're talking about right now. This is derived from God's four letters name using the word yud heh vav but with an olive. We know he has four names. We had 72, 45, 52, and 26. Each one represents a different state. Ma represents humility, which we're talking about today. Sometimes it, when a person is in a deep despair, Having tried every possible option, he finally acknowledges inability to save himself and totally surrenders his life to God. He lifts up his eyes to heaven and draws upon himself a new light from the holy name Ma. So you ever hear of the gift of rock bottom? This is the gift of rock bottom. Sometimes you have to get to rock bottom to look up and say, I surrender everything. I don't know anything. He comes in to realize, Ma, what are we? What is our kindness? What is our power of deliverance? Then an amazing thing happens. The sara, the sara which is the trouble becomes the zohar, the light. Unbelievable. The problem becomes the light. It changes from the problem to the solution as soon as you surrender it becomes from the problem to the light. Do you understand? Look at the reward you get. You would have never come up with that on your own. On your own, with your own head, and your wisdom, and your doctors, and your psychologists, and your, all your psychiatrists, and all the medication in the world, you would have never been able to get there. If you didn't go into rock bottom and say, What do I know? I know nothing. There's no control, there's no ego, there's no expectation, there's nothing. That Sarah, the trouble became, becomes the Zohar, the great light. For just like the birth of a fledging of a, of, a, of a birth of a fledging, the egg must be completely broken until life becomes. This is exactly how a miracle happens. A miracle happens when a person changes his identity, not changes his behavior. Identity versus behavior. Behavior, one day I'll behave, but when I'm an identity, I know exactly when something is out of my comfort zone. And I don't even understand it, I don't even go there. <laughs> I don't even attempt it, because I'm trying to tur- turn, I'm asking the creator, I'm giving him the de- benefit of the doubt by saying, the problem is the solution, I just can't see it. I need you to open up my eyes. That allows you to surrender, and exactly this rectification, and I can't tell you the countless amount of times that this has worked for me. I know exactly when to question, and I know when to be super simple. And being simple is really the greatest thing you could be, Ram Nachman says. It's the complicated one. He's got to figure everything out. Control this. He needs certainty. He needs control. All we get is cortisol. All we get is cortisol. But the guy's humble. All he gets is answers. He gets answers. He gets energy. You want cortisol? Or you want energy? It's up to you. May Hashem help us all that we should all put the 26 back into the picture right before Rosh Hashanah, right before Elul. Specifically, Elul itself. Elul itself is, a, is a definitely a month of ups and downs. It's to prepare you, prepare you for, for the great Rosh Hashanah, a whole years on the line. So we already want to get into this mode of, you know, not like, what am I getting this year in, uh, in, my, in my shopping list? No, no, no. I'm first connecting to my Creator. I'm humbling myself. I'm walking around with appreciation. And then things just come to you. You'll see things just come to you versus you forcing things to happen. May Hashem help us all, that we should all connect to this holy name, Ma, turn all of this order into order, and have peace in our lives. Amen. Amen.